welcome to Season 3 of Shine Time Radio, an unedited monthly podcast full of coaching, tarot, and life hints and tips for my favourite kind of folk, those dreamers, the schemers, and the magic makers. I'm your host, Jenny Robertson, life and intuitive coach, and the holder of space over here at Shine Time Coaching. Hello friends, welcome to February's episode of Shine Time Radio, Season 3. And today's episode, I thought I would speak a little bit about um, what's going on with me in terms of where I'm at and how things are feeling, which um, I'm in a bit of a wee tricky wee spot for myself, which is fine. Um, and I thought I would share in case anyone else is sort of in a similar place <laughs> and some of my reflections and lessons, I suppose, so far. Um, but before we begin that or before I get into that and share that, um, I wanted to explore the Hierophant a little bit more, a little bit of tarot talk to start um, today's episode. And really, whether you're into tarot or not, um, I think that you can appreciate this uh, space that we're in, <laughs> what's coming up for us, and what 2021 is sort of bringing already, and what the opportunities are, because it's tricky, um, it's heavy, it's big, and remember that you'll remember. I think that um, I hope you'll remember. <laughs> I spoke about the hierophant earlier, um, and about what it was going to mean for 2021, and the hierophant. If we're looking at it as, um, it, you know, just as itself, gen general, um, the Hierophant comes about because 2021 is a two and a two and a one, which makes a five. And the fifth card, um, or the number five card, it's not actually the fifth card because the fool is zero. Um, but the fifth card in the Hierophant, or sorry, in the Major Arcana is the Hierophant. And in general, when we speak about fives in the deck, they are really contracting cards. So the energy invitations um, work that happens in fives tend to be really sticky, really uncomfortable, because it asks a lot of us asks around, you know, to do a lot of digging, a lot of reflection, a lot of um, questioning, a lot of re, um, maybe revisiting things that we maybe have pushed down and don't want to to deal with, but that come up that we kind of have to deal with, and a lot of things like, you know, having beliefs sort of. I'm trying to think of the right word to say, revealed as not being for us anymore or not ever being for us, you know, it can be really revealing. That's the word I'm looking for. It can be really revealing and really heavy. Um, so Hierophant is no joke. <laughs> and the overall theme to the Hierophant is trusting our own wisdom. And that's, you know, easier said than done. Um big time. It's an easy phrase. Oh yeah, we should trust ourselves more. Yeah, you know, let's trust. We've got, all got wisdom. We all know things, but it's deeper than that. It's like really honestly questioning everything, everything we thought we knew and everything we were told to believe in. It can get questioned in this card. And you'll know that 2020 has brought up a lot of stuff, you know, 
for a lot of us, the truth behind things and, you know, the reality around things has been revealed to us. And a lot of people knew about these things already and lived them every day. And for a lot of us, it was brand new information. And we, you know, there's a lot of shock and a lot of how can this be going on and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Um, we're exposed to a lot more truth or potentially a lot more truth. And we have to process it because it doesn't always fit into what we were taught to know or what we were taught to believe or what we were taught to think. So this is hard. It's big, heavy work. So <laughs> I thought I would just get into it a little bit more in terms of what it can mean for us personally with a few examples and what it could look like in terms of a relationship externally with the Hierophant and also the internal work around the Hierophant. So again, you don't have to be, you know, a tarot peep to, to appreciate this. I think you can 100% see the validity in what we're being asked to um, come to terms with, realize, see, notice, all that kind of stuff, right? Um, and I chose the first example specifically because it's something I'm going through now and I've had to do a ton of work around this. So the first one is around, for example, recognizing when diet culture is at play around us. So when, you know, things like normalizing talks about dieting, assuming that everybody wants a smaller body, uh, the norm of what which bodies are considered acceptable and not acceptable um you know f things like targeted adverts <laughs> headlines in magazines um you know it's just there's a lot there's a lot there's a lot and there's a lot of people now questioning that there's a lot of people in the medical you know there's now more people in the medical um realm who are questioning the validity of asking people to lose weight on a diet over, um, you know, building up habits that are supportive. You know, the, this whole losing weight is the as the be all and end all, and that thin equals healthy, and that um, the pursuit of weight loss is trumps <laughs> any other pursuit. It's all that kind of stuff, right? So. And I've been entrenched in it since I was a young girl, um, especially being in the body I was in. Very strong, very tall, very muscular. Uh, yeah, I got it young. <laughs> and I was aware that I was um, not of a desirable shape or size from a very young age, um, you know, according to society um, and perpetuated by family stuff, you know, um, because it was the norm to point out when bodies didn't fit a certain mold, right? So that was just the thing. And your whole goal was to fit that mold. And I was never going to fit that mold. <laughs> I was never going to fit it. And I never will. And that's fine. So yeah, I'm 43 and I'm digging in deep now. It's taken me a long time. There is a huge amount of wounding, a huge amount of um, healing that's needed there. A lot of hurt and anger and frustration 
and feelings of like wasting time. And, <laughs> you know, there's just, so, there's just so much and just a, a lot of anger actually. Um, but what has come up for me is that recognizing more and more, much more easily when diet culture is going on, when, you know, when diet culture is at play and that we're all <laughs> victims of it. And, you know, it's actively, actively moving away from those narratives and looking for, you know, you have to work hard for it. You have to work hard to see it. You have to work hard to try and move away from it. You had to work hard to recognize it. And then looking for other people who are, you know, in a similar place as you or people who offer another option, you know, who offer another perspective, who offer a bit, you know, of um, alternatives to just weight loss and looking a certain way and stuff. And I mean, I'm, I'm skimming the surface here. This like diet culture and fat phobia and all this stuff is so deeply seated in racism. Um, and so much that I'm, I'm just skinning the surface of my own experience here because it's massive and way longer <laughs> to get into than this tiny little podcast. Um, but to recognize that it is a big, big system at play. Um, and it's a very profitable system and it's, um, it works. It keeps people in their place. Um, it raises up a certain aesthetic and, um, a certain group of people and it keeps on other group, other groups, um, small and, but not, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, without, it takes away another, other groups and other people's power. And, um, it's, uh, it's insidious. It's horrible. Right. So that there's a lot going on, but it's just for, as a personal thing. So external hierophant in these moments is recognizing when diet culture is at play around us for us and deciding to move away from those narratives and looking, you know, deciding to learn about them, deciding to explore what it means and where it comes from and who it benefits. And then also looking for people, you know, professionals, fellow humans who embrace self-worth work and movement and nutrition and habits and wellness for everybody outside of diet culture. And it's happening. There's more going on now. And I think that's why it's taken me this long to the point where I can explore that because it's taken this long for that narrative to be more mainstream or to find it, to even just be able to find it and that you can definitely find it. So that's a huge one for me is, is looking outward and recognizing what systems are at play here. And then internally, it's me, the internal hierophant work is spending time learning how our bodies work best, you know, how my body works best, what my body needs to feel nourished and full and content and strong and confident and sexy. And also when my body isn't okay, um, as is the case right now. Um, and when other things are going on to prevent that. So if we can step outside of the external hierophants, uh, you know, external diet culture stuff, when we can recognize the external hierophant work and then bring that into our own knowing and allowing ourselves to be our own best experts. That's a whole different ballgame, right? That's a whole different ballgame. Now, not easy. Of course, I'm still pulled into um, diet culture thinking and um, around, you know, I've got a lot of 
self-worth or worth work to do in terms of myself outside that. So there's a lot going on, but it's recognizing it, right? And then also bringing it back to myself. Well, what what does this body need? This is my body right now. This is my body. What does it need? Um, how can I support it best? You know, how is it supporting me best? It's all that kind of stuff. So that's the internal side is knowing that we know ourselves best or we can learn to know ourselves best <laughs> beyond external cultures you know so that's that's one example another example is just in general questioning externally external hierophant work would be questioning what the term expert means and realizing that there are many experts who are you know neck deep in old ways of thinking old paradigms old stale and sometimes dangerous ways of thinking you know, biased and uh, racist and homophobic ways of thinking that were normalized. Um, And so they're maybe only coming across as experts from a very narrow field of what they know that's only for them, but presenting it as here's what everybody needs to do and I know best and look to me because I know what I'm talking about and you all need to listen to this. But actually their perspective is extremely narrow and exclusive um, to most people but because they are presentable and they (laughs) seem a certain way or or present a certain way usually white cis males um, they are given a lot more uh, credence and a lot more value to what they say and they're you know they expect that that's that they, because they know a little bit about something that they can call themselves an expert and people will listen. And it, it does happen that way. However, <laughs> um, I think even questioning what an expert means about lived, you know, starting to allow people to share their lived experiences and believing them. Um, and, you know, in the internal hierophant work is really looking for and to the thought leaders who are making changes that are for the better for many people and who present options and ideas and possibilities outside really narrow views of our current social structures, you know, that benefit more people and realizing that we each have an opportunity to choose who we work with, who we listen to and who we amplify. That's the internal work, you know, just because someone's really famous and speaks very um, confidently, (laughs) are we able to maybe look and see how their perspective is, maybe a bit narrow, a bit not as supportive for more of people, more of the people, more of communities. And perhaps it only upholds um, themselves. And it doesn't necessarily benefit. It's like listening to people talk about being experts around, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a good ex- example here. There's so many, there's so many. Um well, let's even talk about things around women's bodies in particular and working out and um, movement and how many times, you know, male personal trainers, perhaps, as an example, don't actually understand how the female body um, works, you know, or what's going on pre postpartum, monthly, um, you know, things like that, like just understanding how, not to say that we need to function differently, but perhaps we need different kinds of supports. Or someone who's very able-bodied, 
who can do all the things and not, you know, who, who's a very active fit person and can do almost gymnastic like things and, you know, and puts out programs that are for very able-bodied people, but is presenting it as like anyone can do it and not realizing there's a huge population of people who can't access those types of workouts and those types of movements. Um, and that perhaps you're an expert at providing workouts and movements for athletes of a certain kind, but not for the general public. And so people, cause people can get really hurt and injured or can't even access it all and just feel like they don't have options. You know, there's so many people who want to move, but can't move based on or in the way that a lot of people present. So it's that kind of thing as well as understanding how people move and how people move in different ways and what happens if they have certain illnesses and injuries, I should say, um, uh, energy issues, uh, monthly issues, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot. So it's how do we look for people who have that lived experience as well as who have spent time learning about people who, you know, in different ways and how they move in different ways and what supports they maybe need. So there's so many, so many people who we could start looking for who outside of the very narrow expert realm, (laughs) you know, and allowing people, because most experts who are experts at something actually feel like they know less and feel almost less confident about what they know than people who have learned a little bit about something. Do you know what I mean? There's that real like newbie confidence sometimes about something. But those people who are like really dug into something, the more they realize they don't know, like true real experts. And they'll say that and they'll say like, this is just the tip of the iceberg. I'm learning so much. You know, there's so much more to learn and explore. And I realize that here's the holes in my understanding of things. Like those people are the ones I want to work with. Those are the people I want to, I want to work with and, and learn from and, and understand a bit more about, right? Um, that's just a really small example. There's so many, you, you would know what I mean. You would look around and people who speak so confidently about stuff and you wonder, you know, we get that feeling of, well, they must know what they're talking about. They must know about that because listen to them. Like I could never speak about that. And I actually, I come across it in teaching all the time. I have 20 years of teaching and some people, the way they speak they may have only been teaching for a few years and they speak so well and so confidently. And then when you get down to it and you're actually listening to what they're saying, it's not fully formed. It's not um, necessarily well-researched. It's based on very little. And but I, you just wouldn't, I just wouldn't speak up. like <laughs> That's my own thing. I know that's my own thing, but it's so the internal hierophant work there is, realizing that we have an opportunity to be our own experts around certain things. And if we can't be an expert about certain things, we look to people who are living it, breathing it, um, who really have the experience with things, who are speaking in a way that leaves room for growth and who um, are not speaking out about things that they don't understand. You know, it's that kind of thing. It's we get to choose who we follow and work with and listen to and who we uh, amplify. We get to do that. And that's part of our internal hierophant work. And then 
Another external thing that happens for a lot of us is um, looking to others to tell us what we should do, (laughs) to tell us what we want or what we need to be happy and fulfilled and successful. You know, there's a lot of that sort of expert searching where we look outside ourselves for for people to tell us what it is that we should believe about what success is and what it means to be happy and what it means to be fulfilled. We're often looking outside ourselves, which means we are um, being told other people's version of what being happy, fulfilled, content, successful means. And the internal work there is realizing that we have our own thoughts and ideas and experiences that can contribute to a better, more just and more supportive space, excuse me, (laughs) more and a more supportive space for others. We can recognize the power of working through, um, you know, things like scarcity mindset and that kind of our own work and realize that we get to define our own version of what it means to be happy, fulfilled, successful, content. Like what do, what do those terms actually mean? Because we are presented with quite narrow versions of what those things are. And they often don't fit, right? They often, we put them on, we try them on and they don't feel right. Um, and that's because they aren't right for us. You know, um, there's a real, an example of that is a real push around, uh, capitalist sort of hustle culture and that you have to be working and productive all the time. Um, and success is about achieving, achieving, achieving and getting more and having more and making more and blah, blah, blah. And actually, I know now that's not for me, um, that that doesn't define success for me uh, at all. <laughs> I may be coming right there's a, I have you know my own relationship with the word success and I'm kind of working through that and redefining that for myself um and I realize more and more I have a much more of attachment to words like content and contentment um so that's the words I'm kind of looking at and working with just now um because success is so it's been so molded into other people's very narrow image of what success is. And I think if we can redefine that for ourselves, that is like the epitome of internal hierophant, isn't it? Like, what do those words mean? What does that look like for us? What is success for us? What is happiness for us? Those kind of things. So this is where we are, we are at with (laughs) 2021 and the hierophant. It's, these are just very simple um, examples. It is going to be nonstop, like nonstop all year. And it's not easy work. Like you, we are going to be asked to question things constantly, to rethink things, to, you know, pull apart beliefs that we thought were pretty solid and be like, actually, does that work for me? Does that, is that supportive for more, for most? Is that something I want? Is that something I need? Um, so that's going to be, it's going to be big. <laughs> it's big shit, but we're good. We're fine. We've got it, right? Like we can handle that. We're all grown ass adults and we can manage, you know, <laughs> I think it's just being aware. The biggest thing is being aware of it, having our eyes and our hearts open to it um, and allowing sort of um, glimpses into possibility of things being different. That's where we're kind of starting with. And you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic, duh. We're in the middle of quite a lot of social justice um, 
movements and uh, awareness and things are just being revealed and revealed and revealed. And I think I often comes with a big heaping helping of guilt for me for not always knowing these things. Well, we weren't meant to know, you know, the systems were set up so that we wouldn't necessarily know or the stories and systems were set up so that we believed a certain way about things without knowing what was really going on or what was happening for people or the truth of things. So we kind of have to give ourselves a break. And I'm saying this as much for myself (laughs) from shitting on ourselves for not knowing everything. We're not meant to know everything. Like we're in the information, like tsunami (laughs) times where, you know, we are bombarded constantly, which can lead to a whole other issues. Um, So, which is great because we get to connect with people who are like-minded. We get to learn from people that um, maybe present things in a different way that we never considered. We get to, you know, amplify voices of people who are just seeing and sharing and moving and doing in a way that's just, you can just like, just, just fire, you know, you're like, yes, this is what, this is possibility. This is possibility in this person. And we get to share those, which is just amazing. So that part's great. The other side of it is that you're trying to process a whole bunch of stuff (laughs) all at once. So I've actually had to put myself a bit on a social media timeout. Um, and my husband laughs because I'm still on my phone a lot because of suddenly Pinterest has never seemed more exciting <laughs> than ever before because I can't go on to Facebook, um, which I actually don't go on much anymore anyways, or my, my favorite, which is Instagram. So I've given myself two one hour slots, one in the morning, one in the afternoon, because, you know, Instagram is my business base. Um, it's where I connect to most of you and where I do most of my business. So I, and I love it. Um, but it was just, it was becoming a lot and I wasn't allowing time for myself to process and, you know, let it, allowing myself to create. Um, and there's another side of it as well in that I'm really struggling right now with um, high levels of stress and uh, I would say high levels of anxiety and probably moving through, um, probably I am moving through a quite depressive, um, episode time, which I find hard to say out loud. Um, but I am, so I've actually had to take some time away from, um, my teaching job and I'm not going to get into too much of it because, um, it's just a personal choice and what had to happen. Um, and while this space and, and the coaching work and the tarot in particular are so supportive and it's, it, you know, that's, the job that gives me purpose and um, brings a lot of joy and connection. So that I'll still be working with, but um, the way things are feeling with teaching right now, we're, I would say just pushed things over the edge a little (laughs) into um, some real, yeah, it wasn't the main source of stress. It's a big source of stress and anxiety, Um, huge source, but it wasn't everything. Um, but I just can't function at that job and this role, you know, the way I'm supposed to anymore right now. Um, I say anymore, but it is probably anymore. But so I've had to take some time away, which I was one of the hardest things, hardest things I've ever done. Um, and the amount of guilt I feel about it is still quite fresh. And I know it's the right thing. Um, and I can feel it. My body is really struggling like when I'm in high levels of anxiety and stress um, and when I'm going through what I would describe as one of my worst depressive periods, um, 
my body, it call comes out in my body. My body like just likes to <laughs> remind me. It's like, hey, what are we doing here? Are we stressing? Cool. Let me start shutting down. Um, so that's where I'm at, which <laughs> I'm trying to support myself and I'm finding it really difficult. I'm in a very, very supportive home environment. So that side of things is great. Um, I've got everything I need. And um, the struggle is when I'm trying to do the good things that are usually supportive of me and I don't get the benefit that I'm used to getting from them, that's a, a struggle. So, you know, I'm trying to prioritize and minimize and put things down <laughs> and not feel like I have to keep everything going all the time. Um, you know, it's hard, but it's going to be fine. And it is what it is, as they say. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to share because if you are struggling, I feel you. Um, it doesn't matter if you have a, your own business, uh, a happy home life, a podcast, <laughs> um, family and friends, you can still, you know, everyone can feel these things and everyone can be going through these difficult times. It doesn't matter what you have in support or don't have in support. There's no one way to be, you know, struggling. Um, and I think sometimes the worst part is we feel like we shouldn't because others have it worse or, you know, there's, there's other things that are going on. Like it's just, to me, that's now just not good enough. It's not good enough to be like just barely surviving um, and for my body to be in such agony and for me to be in the place I'm at, it's not enough, you know, to just keep plodding along because it's just not, where does it end, right? So yeah, if you need whatever you need, I hope you're able to give it to yourself or ask for it or hear when someone is suggesting it or see it for what it is or, you know, whatever you need. I hope that you're able to give that, you know, that you're able to receive it because that's sometimes the hardest part. <laughs> but I am here working away behind the scenes. I've got, we've got a lovely, lovely thing coming up in March with my very, very good friend, Karen, over at Deadlifts and Red Lips. And she's going to be on next week, or next week, next month, um, to talk a little bit more about our offering. And I am so um, honoured to be able to do this work with her and in this way, and to do it, to be able to share these things with you all, because it's a really beautiful offering. Um, and yes, and that's a little taster. <laughs> we do have a um, collaborative Instagram page called Coven Coaching. So Coven Coaching is our collaborative wee baby. And um, that's what we're going to do and share all of our offerings that we do together because we've got a couple on the go of ideas anyways. Um, and we've been wanting to work together for a very, very long time. And um, I'm so excited and, you know, honored that we get to do it. So keep your eyes peeled for that. And thank you for joining me today. And thank you for letting me get a little bit vulnerable. Um, I just think you can't talk about these things as a coach, as intuitive coach and a life coach and in the sort of wellness industry without acknowledging the things that are hard and heavy and sticky and um yeah you've got to share it all I think you've got to recognize acknowledge and um 
take away some of the taboo around it all, right? So there you go. <laughs> Happy February, folks, and we'll speak to you in March. Thank you so much for joining me here in this space. You can find out more about the work we do over on the website, shinetimecoaching.com and Instagram at shinetime underscore coaching. If you enjoyed the podcast, it would mean an awful lot to this human if you would consider leaving a wee review on your podcast listening platform of choice. I hope your month is full of what you want and a whole lot of what you need. Until next time, take care, lovelies.